0: Welcome to Defining Endurance, a podcast focused on providing actionable insights for endurance athletes. Whether you're an athlete just getting started in endurance sports or a veteran looking to gain an edge, the Defining Endurance podcast is here to ask curious questions with athletes and fitness professionals. And most importantly, dive deep on current training topics so you can become the best version of yourself. Let us wait no longer. Let's dive into this week's episode. All right, welcome back or welcome to the Defining Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Andrew Simmons, and today,
1: uh, co-host Lexi Miller is in the same room.
0: Yeah, we're actually getting a chance to uh, bring the whole board and all the mics and all the fancy schmancy stuff into the office here and sit down and kind of do a little recap. We're, we're celebrating today. Actually, we should we should have popped a bottle of champagne.
1: Yeah, it is our fiftieth episode, uh, almost a full year in since we release weekly and. We thought that we would do something kind of fun for today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a uh, it's been a been a fun last, I think, twelve months. And I say I think because it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. It's 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 really really zipped by. I really found myself enjoying recording episodes and, you know, putting putting all these little bits and pieces together. And also listening to your episodes has been super fun too.
1: Yeah, it's it's really fun that we get to hear you know each other's takes on things and. Um, that's something we'll definitely talk about during this episode.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, what we thought would be a fun way to mark our 50th was to kind of turn the tables on each other and kind of share our favorite moments from each other's episodes and kind of talk a little bit about why and what we enjoyed, because I think early on in the podcast, um, our episodes were
1: were, rough, they were rough, man.
0: They were rough. Um, but I think we i think we both kind of missed some some parts that we really enjoyed about each other's. And even now, having gone back and listening to some episodes that I've, I'd listened to before, I'm like, ooh, there's a little gold nugget that I wanted to kind of dive into. So we will make sure that uh, when we talk about specific episodes that you guys know uh, who the guest was and what the episode number was. So if you liked uh, what you heard, you guys can go back and take a listen. So
1: so that means I believe that I'll play one of your episodes first. Yeah. So this first one is actually uh, one that I was really excited to listen to because I um, do the editing. I do listen to all the episodes a couple of times. Thank you everyone for bearing with me while I learned how to edit. Uh, it's It's been a journey. So this first one was with Melody Fairchild. So this one came out actually while I was on maternity leave. So I didn't get, I got to listen to it like it was an actual podcast, like just out on a walk. I hadn't heard it. Andrew had done the editing. So uh, it is episode 32, and I will play the clip now.
0: Uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, connect with me today, Melody.
1: Oh, you're welcome, Andrew. I I uh, consider you a good friend, and
2: I, I'm always impressed with the new, fresh things you're doing. You're always uh, on the crest of the next wave and invent, reinventing yourself. And
1: so I'm inspired by people like you so i'm honored to be on the show.
0: Yeah, that's definitely one of my my favorite episodes. It was such a joy to to share uh <laughs> share share a podcast with somebody who i truly see as like a friend, a mentor um but uh you know in, in this space i think you know coaches when from a business perspective it always kind of feels like we're we're against each other just a, just a little bit right there's this competition to have to maybe one up each other like oh my kid's got to beat your kids and i knew melody before she had a a youth program and before I had a youth program. And so it's always been about how do we make each other better? I mean, we share insights on business. We share insights on how we're coaching. And so it's that, that relationship for me And that episode in particular has some absolutely amazing gold nuggets in it.
1: Yeah. So for people who maybe haven't listened yet, explain who Melody Fairchild is and what your competitors in coaching.
0: Yeah. Um, so Melody Fairchild, um, you know, for her personal background, I mean, as you'll find in the episode, you know, she was the first high school female runner to break 10 minutes in the two miles. So that's two sub five minute miles back to back. And this is in the late 1980s where before we had fancy treadmills and data tracking and anything like that, it was really, um, a huge thing. I mean, she was considered a phenom of the sport. And so, um, She shares some amazing insights about her journey through, uh, you know, college and the university of Oregon and some really amazing and tough decisions she had to make there. Um, but we actually met, um, you know, after the Moab marathon and literally an announcement came over the PA, Hey, you know, Melody Fairchild needs a, needs a ride back home. Uh, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm headed back to Denver. And so, uh, it just kind of worked out that she piled into the car with us and, that was literally how we met. I just, I gave a stranger a ride home, um, having no known background about who she was. And so now, uh, I guess you could say we're competitors and I use that in air quotes because, um, it's such a friendly rivalry that we get to have about, you know, I'm cheering her kids on, uh, you know, she's, she's cheering, cheering mine. So, um, it's, it's really been a a special, um, just a special thing. We know both of our youth programs.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed the episode. You got, kind of guys go back and forth between talking about her own experience uh, running in high school and at the college level, and then kind of bring it into her current coaching and both of your philosophies. So it's a really great mix between kind of a bio and and you know coaching philosophy. Yeah. Episode.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I guess it, I guess it's up up my my turn now. Um, And one that I really enjoyed uh, having, um, you know, had a chance to listen to, because I also uh, interviewed this guest, um, was uh, Addie Bracey and talking about her OutRun project. Um, So we can can dive into this episode here real quick. Uh,
3: In the ultra running community, and actually just more broadly, the running community, um, of kind of queer runners and so I think at first we just wanted to kind of blend our two passions and wanted to meet other people in the Denver Boulder area and so it started as maybe the intention of just to have a social group to meet up every once in a while to meet people um, but you know we're lucky to have a small but still a platform and so people uh, elsewhere in the country kind of got on to it and wanted to start similar um, communities in their area and so Yeah, it continued to kind of grow still more in terms of the connection and community side. Chapters, I guess, for lack of a better word, throughout the country. It's all kind of progressed organically because, again, it started more socially, but then we started to recognize that there's actually some work that still needs to be done uh, to make the running space more uh, inclusive um, for certain members of our community. And so more recently, we've actually transitioned to focusing, especially with uh, the pandemic and not being able to meet up for group runs anyway, we've kind of focused our efforts on uh, more the advocacy side. Um, we just are kind of in the middle of a big project right now that I'm happy to talk about, but um, to really push for some, honestly, kind of small minor, I shouldn't be that small, maybe easy changes for race directors and events to incorporate uh, that could make a massive difference for how um, like actively welcomed and invited some of our lgbtq plus family you know feels coming to races
1: yeah that was an awesome episode Addie is just like an amazing person um you know she has some really awesome values and goals in working towards advocacy um and even if we look at you know this episode we talk a lot about the lgbtq population and you know how the inclusion running is isn't there yet. You know, I've, I've mentioned in a few episodes, my background in working in mental health. And before that I actually worked in grassroots advocacy. So those are, those will always be passions of mine, you know, and I think it's really cool looking at like the, in the light of the most recent New York city marathon, where they had a non-binary category and they had, I think 16 runners run in it and there are changes being made. But yeah, it was so cool to talk to Addie and, and, you know, all these strides that she's making for that population.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think from, from my standpoint, you know, I, having coached a a number of athletes in this community, it's, it's, it's an important place. And again, I, I wanted to, and purposely showcase this episode because it's something that I feel is really important and I think needs more airtime. Um, and especially just so people can gain an understanding. I think there's um, a lot of fear associated with things that we don't know and don't understand. And so I'll encourage anybody that, you know, feels like they don't know or feels like, uh, this, where, where do I fit is this, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a heterosexual male, right? Like, and so for me, it's like it, I can't just claim ignorance. Anymore, And so I, I will encourage anybody that is listening to this to go learn more about Addy's Outrun program. And even if it's not something that you're going to show up for, you know, gain an understanding and at least be, you know, aware of what's going on around you because the world is changing. And if we just try to pro- proclaim ignorance to it, um, then we're more part of the problem than we are part of the solution. So I, I'll, I will hop off my stump there, but, uh, you know, that was a, a great episode Natty's a, a good friend, uh, and has, uh, joined us uh, a number of times, uh, for our episodes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll actually play another clip from another one of her episodes in a bit. Uh, but yeah, I think in, this is something we touch on on in another episode, um, but representation is one of the biggest things. So, you know, being open and vulnerable vulnerable about who you are um, can really come across and help other people. So I think that's something this episode and others touch on and something just to take into your own life. Uh, but moving forward, the next clip I have is from Jake Swart, and it's about finding your value. This clip is going to talk a little bit more about the vulnerability of that athlete-coach relationship. Uh, so I'm going to play it and then hear Andrew's take.
0: We're not all the time, but like, there's times where we have like, a, like, uh, people cry in our sessions, um, yeah. all the time. And, you know, it's not like something that we're like prideful of <laughs> or trying to like, really, it's not our goal by any means, but that level of vulnerability is it, it's when two people respect each other enough for that. Yeah. You know, uh, sitting down with, with, with Dr. Jake, uh, you know, that was a place that we, we align you know, so, so well, whether I'm working with a young adult who's had a rough day or maybe it's their first breakup or, you know, rough family life, anything like that, or just talking with, you know, one of my athletes, you know, I I can think to many situations where they've recently gone through a divorce or life and work is stressful. And I think that as a coach, one one of my jobs of many is, you know, often you know, having those vulnerable conversations, but also trying to create a space where uh, they feel comfortable letting me give them permission to take that day off. Um, but also being willing to share and say, "Hey, you know, life is really hard right now. Um, you know, where do where do we fit?" Right. I want everybody to be happy and healthy. Uh, but if I if I just look at people and say, "Okay, data says this." You know, inputs must equal outputs. We're leaving out this whole holistic human condition that's super important uh, and necessary as a as a part of coaching. So, not only from my personal views that I think vulnerability plays a huge role here as as coach and athlete, but also as a business owner, um, I think it's one of the things that uh, you know brings all of our coaches together is that we we show up vulnerable and uh, we work hard.
1: No, I I totally. see that with your coaching, you know, I've heard you have a lot of interactions with different clients and, and it's more than just, you know, looking at runs. A lot of it is talking about the other things going on in their life. And that's something this episode touches on as well is, you know, a day off from running because of an injury can be so much more than a day off from running because of an injury. It can cause extra stress in your life. It can, you know, be, be a bigger deal than, than we might immediately see at face value. Um, And I think that's something as a coach you, you really bring to the table.
0: Thank you. So I guess now now we get to move from uh, one very vulnerable conversation with Dr. Jake uh, over to an episode that I really enjoyed uh, for you was actually the perfectionism episode that you did, episode 28. Um, this is one of our longer clips. This is roughly a three-minute clip. Um, and, and, and we may extend it a little bit beyond because uh, one of the other interviewees that was there also shared a really big gold nugget after that. And I think... I'll preface this with saying that, you know, in this, they talk about striving and straining as we, we move into this world of perfectionism. Um, And I see a lot of this as there's this initial, um, when athletes are newer into the sport, there's this like, okay, I'm building, I'm building, I'm building. And then they hit a roadblock of some sort and they either shift into a mindset of trying to achieve this perfectionism, which can be really toxic and hard. And that's why that's an amazing episode. I think any, everybody should listen to in the off season. Um, or they can kind of shift into a mindset that's like, okay, I got to go see what worked. And you know, maybe that's where the point where they hire a coach or things like that. So let's, uh, let's dive over to this one. Cause I want you to give me your feedback and reaction on this one.
4: Um, but that can quickly kind of turn and cross that, that gray line, if you will, um, into that perfectionistic concern, uh, which is when an athlete really becomes that hyper focused on making mistakes and the fear of doing so. Um, and when that worry, um, becomes, um, that worry basically takes over, right? And, um, there's... There's no other way for them to kind of get away from that. Um, they, they really focus on their, the performance and any discrepancy gap that they have for excessively high um, goals, right? So they have goals that are way up here, um, and then they, their performance is here, which is not a bad performance, right? But that gap in between what they expected and what they did, is so great that they're so disappointed. And it comes with a lot of kind of that self, um, it can become self-loathing, but it can be, before it becomes that self-loathing, it basically is really just that severe self-criticism.
3: People see them as a go-getter, high achiever, and stuff like that. So it it, it it's almost like an obsessive, compulsive personality disorder. Like they have to do everything right, on time, you know all of those things so it and and a lot of times the obsessive compulsive personality disorder goes overlooked because they're just doing what they need to do right but then you know on the other side of that is you know it it gets in the way of relationships it gets in the way of other aspects in their life their day-to-day lives you know where their relationships with friends parents You know, um, they might be lacking in other areas. So it it actually is a good thing, you know, for what their what their goal is, because they have like that tunnel vision, but they don't see if they're hurting people.
1: Yeah. So that first voice you heard was uh, Jessica Joyner and that second voice was Salida Lucero. Um, And both are social workers who uh, solely focus on athletes um, they both have private practices where they only see athletes a lot of collegiate level as well as adults and, and youth athletes. But yeah, I think especially having come from working in the eating disorder field where perfectionism and obsessive-compulsive disorder, uh, legitimate obsessive-compulsive disorder, not the, you know, what people say, like, I have to keep things clean. You know, <laughs> that might be its own, its own thing. But um, legitimate obsessive-compulsive disorder and perfectionism can really – lead people to be incredibly high achieving and can serve them really well in life. However, it can also take over their lives. And, uh, like how they talk about, you know, it getting in the way of relationships. I think any athlete, no matter the level has seen that to some degree where, you know, it's one thing to not want to go out, uh, on a Friday night because you have your long run on Saturday, but to suddenly start prioritizing your, your athletic goals or your work goals over those important relationships in your life, you know, they have to coexist. Uh, when we become what I, I call to my athletes that uh, one dimensional running monster, we, we lose a lot of ourselves and we lose a lot of joy in that sport.
0: Yeah. Right. We, we see this a lot, especially with, um, at least I do for with, with young girls. Um, but also I see it a lot with my over 40 men, you know, they, they become one track minded. Maybe their kids have gone off to college or they're at a place where everything is really stable. They've got good money. They don't have to worry. So now it's like, okay, I, I have, this is my last glimmering hope of things. And it, it could, at times can feel like it's a grasp, uh, for, you know, this last remaining piece of fitness that they're having, uh, or could have. Um, and, and it, it comes with desperation, right? At some point, right. That, that goal, that achievement may seem like it's just really far out there and they, they become one track minded and like, they don't realize, and this is really important is that, you know, the context of what's really happening. Um, And I, I, I won't get the the host correctly, but she mentioned um, that, that there's, they, they can almost not see the what happened because it's not that thing that they wanted yet. So, right. It could be an athlete saying, okay, well, I ran 1836 today. And it's like, well, that's an improvement from your last race, Um, but well, it's not 1815. And it's like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but you've, you've made progress and they lose sight of the fact that they've made progress because they haven't hit that thing yet. And that's, that's really that shift that needs to happen with most athletes, at least in my opinion, and where most athletes get stuck is they're, they're stuck at, not being happy with something until it's the thing that they have in their mind. But I think about it like my dog, right? And the the fa- the chance that like, I let my dog off leash and she finally goes and gets that rabbit or she gets that duck and she has it in her mouth. She doesn't know what to do with it. And it's like, once you achieve it, right? One of the things that, you know, Katie and I talk a lot about is that, you know, a goal fulfilled is no longer right? Fulfilling. It's not, it doesn't drive you anymore. It doesn't give you anything to to strive for. And so when you lose that, then you have people that are now stuck with saying, well, I'm not motivated and they lose that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Or it's, or, you know, we talk about the post-marathon blues where, you know, it's kind of like being a little kid on Christmas day where you're looking forward to something and looking forward to something and working towards something. And then uh, you know, it might not live up to your expectations or it does, but then it's over the next day and you no longer have that, that thing you're looking forward to. And it's, it's a big letdown. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty common with, with any adult, no matter their ability level or their goals, even if it was just to finish that race, it's suddenly they don't have that thing that they're excited for anymore. Um, and a lot of times when reaching that goal, it's like, well, I could have done better. I could have improved. And of course it's always good to look with that critical eye, but it's also good good to like live in the moment. Um, and I think that's where that perfectionist personality, which I don't have a perfectionist personality. So, you know, it's, it's one I've seen in people, but I don't have that obsessive drive, um, that I think can really, really bring people to amazing accomplishments, but also just tear them apart mentally.
0: Yeah. And I, and this is why, uh, we'll have an episode that I think will be released by the time this one comes out, where we talk about kind of the entrepreneurial spirit that lives within all athletes. Um, you know, and I think this was the episode with Dirk Friel. Um, you know, we we may have touched on really briefly um, this idea that, um, you know, we, we have this entrepreneurial mindset that like we may hit some small roadblocks or we may hit some things that, that knock us to the side. And we, we kind of have to shift back into that mindset of like, okay, that didn't go the way I wanted it, but Now, how do we, uh, how do we get back to that, that space? So, you know, we can, you know, have a failed business or had a failed idea, right. Or have that failed race, but then we just have to kind of get back up and say, okay, what do I need to shift? What do I need to adjust? And that, that's a mindset that, that is in the healthy realm. I think of perfectionism, if you will.
1: Yeah. And that episode is actually coming out, uh, after this one. So so people will look forward to it.
0: Ooh, there you go, guys. You're just going to have to wait.
1: So for this next one, we're actually going back to Addie, and this was an episode you did with her uh, shortly after her book was released, uh, all about you know mental training for ultra running. Um, but I will go ahead and play this clip now.
0: How do you how do you kind of help people get maybe we'll call it unstuck in some of these ways? What are some some tools that our listeners can kind of kind of implement if there is some?
2: Yeah, I actually wrote an article yesterday about this exact topic. Um, the, the question or like the way I phrase it is like, what's your reference point? So in those instances, when something's disappointing, like whether it's in the moment and you're realizing like a racism playing out the way you wanted, or it's more macro, like the season, you know, you're not motivated because the season's not playing out the way you wanted. My first question a lot of the time is like, what's your reference point? Like not playing out the way you wanted compared to what? Compared to a previous version of yourself, like you're saying, when circumstances were different compared to other people that have like nothing to do with you or what's going on with you compared to some idolized like expectation that you've created, like arbitrary, like so many athletes, you know, will have this like goal or this image of like where they thought they would be when they were a junior or senior. And it's like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's great for motivation purposes. And there's, I think the point is there's utility in all of those different thinking patterns at certain points, like you want to reflect on previous uh, experiences in previous racing to acknowledge like what could I be doing differently why am I not performing as well or why am I performing way better of course but it's just acknowledging I guess the thing that I preach the most is self-awareness like if your thought patterns and what you're thinking about and focusing on isn't serving you then you need to re- like you need to reflect on that and so there's a point when reflecting on previous experience is helpful Running is a very objective sport. There's a time when knowing what other people, how they're performing and what they're doing can be helpful. You can use their experiences for training knowledge, for race strategy, whatever. But if it's at certain instances or in certain ways and it's not serving you, then it needs to be like replaced with something else.
0: Yeah, what a what a great insight from Addy there. I think that there's, there's so much wrapped up in that. You could probably go back and listen to that two times and pick out a different thing to focus on each one. And I think... The biggest impact, you know, and the biggest thing that I think about through this is that that question of is this serving me? This always is this something that I have to go back to when I'm asking, you know, any athlete at any age about uh, a specific behavior or you know anything, whether that's why did something happen, you know, did we get an injury, or is that behavior how you're approaching this? Is that moving you forward? Is that helpful? Um, but also I think one of the things that she really keyed in there is like actually asking yourself, why, why, why is this so interesting to me? Um, Cause I, the question that I asked there originally is, you know, when you're looking at social media and you're looking at it from a, a sports perspective, right? Whether it's Strava and you're looking at someone else's run most often what we're doing with that isn't to gain insight and gain knowledge and improve our training and get better. It's often to say, we're going through there and we're looking at the splits going, Oh, is that, that's, that's pretty quick. Okay. What was the heart? Like you are trying to actually physically see where that person is flawed and where they may have made a mistake. And and it's not so much, it's more of like, Oh, see, I knew it. I knew that they, they went slow there or you're looking at the elapsed time versus their actual runtime and things like that. I'm like, okay, that wasn't really that hard of an effort. They just paused their watch a lot to make it look good. And and so again, is that helpful? Does that Do you actually gain any insights from that? No, you just kind of stroke your ego a little bit and you're able to walk away from it. But it's also this super unhealthy behavior. And one of the things I love that shortly thereafter in talking with Addy, she talks about uh, the buildup for one of her races and how Strava completely got in her head and how it actually ruined a race for her uh, because it built a narrative inside her mind about what someone else, one of her competitors and what that training meant as compared to what Addy had did. And she compared her own training to that person's and dissected it as any good scientist would and showed up to the start line with an idea of how this was already going to play out before they actually had a chance to even race each other. Pretty interesting.
1: No, for sure. And I think that's something, you know, we can look at the elite or the youth perspective, but I think every runner who has a Strava or an Instagram has felt victim to this a little bit sure where you know you're looking to see how other people you know did and it's you know maybe someone from your run club and you've run every run together but they perform differently in a race and you're just wondering why um or and i think that takes it does steal your joy um that when you're looking at other people all the time you're not experiencing it in the moment at
0: all Oh, for sure, and I, and again, right? That that whole comparison is a thief of joy is truly, I think, one of the the few quotes that continues to live on long, long past since it's it's been said. Um, and I think one of the the other pieces here uh, in speaking to Addie's book, if you guys haven't had a chance to pick it up, um, it's mental training for ultra running. Is it's not just for ultra running? Um, I think it's actually a phenomenal book across running period because there are tools that translate back, and I think one of the hardest things that anyone can do is go and push themselves for more than that five K more, more than that marathon, but it, but being able to apply the tools there, it back feeds into to everything. And so a really helpful tool, really great tool. And, uh, I think Addy wins this year as the most quoted person on our podcast.
1: For sure. Uh, hopefully we'll have her back in the next year, but we want to hear what you guys want to, yeah. who you guys want to hear.
0: Ooh, And and she brings up a great point. If you guys have not yet had a chance to check out on our Facebook page, if you're not on the social media world of things and Facebook, we also, of course, have an Instagram lifelong underscore endurance. But if you go and check out on Facebook, uh, lifelong endurance athletes and coaches hop in there, we'll add you guys pretty quick. And let us know what you guys want to see on this podcast. That is a community that we are trying to grow and get more interactions with you guys, our listeners as a place to not only share relevant training information that our athletes that are currently being coached by us, but you don't have to currently be coached by us to be a part of the group. You can be in there, you can watch, you can see what's happening, ask questions, uh, you know, no purchase necessary uh, to be a part of that. We are, uh, you know, at that fun point in the episode, we're, we're at the last one. We're at our, our last. So Lexi and I each chose three uh, of each other's favorite episodes or at least favorite moments uh, from things. And I have to end on a high note because I I almost fell out of my chair when I when I heard um, Bill Wright talk about this little, little piece. And this is just a, such a little nugget, but it shows his true adventurous spirit and what he's truly about. Uh, this is from episode 36, uh, Bill Wright's story. Um, And or excuse me, Bill Wright um, becoming one of Satan's minions, which sounds ominous, uh, but if you guys actually dive in, it's not as ominous as it may sound. I just read about it for two years and then when I went to Boulder, my sister was a year ahead of me. She was in Boulder. Not surprisingly, she knew a climber. So she hooked me up with him. He took me out the Eldo and we did the five, six route called the Wind Ridge, which is still one of my favorite routes. And, and then from there, I I hooked up with some other sort of inexperienced climbers, and I started leading probably my third climb I ever did, which is not recommended. I taught myself how to rappel out my dorm window from a book.
1: Yeah, Bill, Bill writes a wild man. Um, he is in his late 50s, I believe. So you hear that, you picture kind of like a young, wild person, but um, just... <laughs> the Satan's Minions is a group of scramblers, which means they, they do these climbs without rope, not quite free soloing, which we talked about in the episode. We kind of dissect the difference between climbing, scrambling, free soloing. Uh, and they have the Tour de Flatirons, which if you're familiar with Boulder, uh, there's the Flatirons that you see. And they, I believe there's seven different routes that they race up, one each week. Um, of course, all without ropes. Uh, you have to be a certain level of expertise to be in the group. I am not in the group. Uh, my, my husband is, but he, he and I have different levels of fun.
0: Yeah. I, I, I laughed pretty hard when he said that he, he learned how to repel out of his dorm window. I, I just, I can't imagine that happening now as like a, <laughs> a, a thing. Like if that happened now, it would, it would just, it, it would cause, it would make news. It would actually make news, um, for better or for worse. Um, But it shows his true adventurous spirit, and I think that's what I have, you know, loved the most about kind of this this last fifty episodes, at least for me. If I if I share for a moment about like you know, starting a podcast and creating something. I I think this has already gone far beyond what you and I originally thought that this would be. It was sitting down with athletes and it's transitioned now into not only helping people tell their stories, um, but also as a place to share some of the people that we know in our world that maybe motivate us, that excite us, uh, but also people that we, you know, meet along the way that give us something that we feel that's, that's beneficial to all you guys. And so as we create this, Podcast. We realize that this is also um, a place where you guys have a voice as well, and I uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed these last fifty. Uh, for me personally, like as episodes go, I feel like we're we're finally getting into this great stride of of really getting into some people that I think you guys are going to enjoy. I feel like you know, as 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 bad of as it, I I went back and listened to the the second third episode. Oh boy. If you guys need a good laugh, I highly recommend going back to our earliest episodes. Um, but you know what? That's the beauty of it, right? I think we can all look back at our early races and whether that's like, you know, getting this stick that you thought like had like, you know, endurance fuel on it, but it was Vaseline and you put your mouth in your marathon. Yeah. Right. You make those mistakes early on when you're racing. And like, those are the things that you actually get to go back and laugh on. But that's, that's what we get as wisdom, right? Wisdom is gained through experience. Um, and so the experience of this last year for me as a host has been like, learn how to ask better questions and gain insights, but also how to shut my darn mouth and, and just let people talk. Um, you know, not, not that I, I love to hear my own voice. That's certainly not it, but, uh, it's, it's an episode where people are there for the guest, not the host. Right.
1: For sure. And, you know, same, same on my end, it's been a a long journey of learning how to use the computer. (laughs) Uh, You might think that since I edit it, I might have some sort of knowledge or ability, but no, I might be the biggest Luddite that's ever existed. I'm, I'm pretty against change. And uh, so it's, you know, again, we look back and we see how we've grown and that's, you know, how we are as athletes too, is we could probably also tell those same horror stories about our first races. Um, and hopefully, in another fifty episodes, we'll look back and see how we've grown even further.
0: Yeah i i'll 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 give you the kudos where kudos are are earned. Uh, you know, throwing Lexi into the fire here. Like, I was like, hey, let's let's just figure this thing out. And uh, you know, through many different pieces of software and probably hours of YouTube videos. Go YouTube University.
1: My goodness! Thank goodness for the nerds who put all that online. Like- yeah amazing people.
0: I have solved so many of my own personal problems through YouTube University um, that we've been able to produce this. And now we're we're excited to be sitting down together uh, around a professional soundboard with two really great mics. And hopefully this episode sounds uh, 10 to 100 times better than our first one. Uh, no discredit. It can it.
1: only go uphill from the first, first <laughs> five, uh, which hopefully we will be fixing and putting out Uh, in in the next few weeks.
0: Absolutely. So if you guys see something like, hey, I thought I saw this, we promise you'll actually be able to hear it in your car. Uh, So all of these things are being fixed. I think that was, uh, we could do a whole nother episode on lessons learned. Uh, But I I will close out with saying this. I just want to thank all of those people uh, that listen to us every single week. Now, at this point, just as a, a fun point for us to be able to go back to hopefully in a year from now, like in looking at the stats, um, you know, we were just about to hit like 3,500 plays, I think. And I think right now we've got 76 unique listeners and to some people that may be like, Oh, that's not that many, but I, I think of it like this. I think of listeners in terms of actual physical school classrooms. And if that's 30 school classrooms, 76 is like two and a half school classrooms of people that choose to listen to us every single week. And, you know, some of our our episodes have gotten well over a hundred plays, which means we've pulled some people in from somewhere else. And I just want to say thank you to all of those people and uh, be able to kind of take this little snapshot of where our podcast is right now. And you know, with the hopes of continuing to get better and, and move this thing forward. Anything you want to say?
1: Yeah, no, we are super grateful for the people who've who've listened, who've told, give, given us like good criticism and feedback and told us that they couldn't hear our podcast in certain situations, uh, for the people who've written reviews and have shared, um, you know, this is, this is not our full-time thing by any means, yeah. uh, but it is a passion project for both of us. So the support and encouragement is amazing
0: yeah so i think with that said we will uh get on for the next episode here and uh, we'll talk to you guys here soon thank you guys again hey guys coach andrew simmons here thank you for tuning into this episode of defining endurance the podcast from lifelong endurance do you want more information and content between shows follow us on instagram at lifelong underscore endurance as well as on Facebook. You can also check out our YouTube page for more running and strength training tips. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.